Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates, the Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. My name is Chris Vaughn. Really do appreciate you spending part of the day with us here today. Here's how I reach out, 419-794-3030. That's the phone number, 419-794-3030. Always online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about whether a financial advisor is also kind of like a retirement coach. We're going to talk about how much money you're going to need to retire and how to go from working success to retirement significance, all this and more. But first, I've got to check in with the guys, Nolan and Scott. Glad to be with you as always. How are you doing today? Doing very well. It's uh, uh, Summer is upon us and uh, we're doing well. I, it's good to be back on, on, the, on the air. Yeah, it's good. Good to be here. You know, Fourth of July coming up, so we're excited for the weekend. It's yeah. going to be a great time here in Northwest Ohio. And uh, speaking of independence, uh, during the second half of the show, we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, Jason and with Task Force 20. So you want to stay tuned for the whole show and make sure that you grab that information, uh, talking about uh, some patriotic cool things that we're doing to help veterans here in Northwest Ohio. So exciting times. Uh, also, Travis, uh, our media expert and social media guru, uh, invited us out to the Mommy Chamber golf outing that we played last yep, Monday. Absolutely, uh, Two under, we didn't win it, but it was a beautiful day to go out and golf. But uh, good news is I got a phone call after the fact. Uh, <laughs> I actually was one of the winners of the drone drop. Oh, that was cool, too. That They had this huge drone, and they had all of these golf balls in this uh, net hanging on the drone, and they dropped it on the practice putting green. And the one closest to a designated hole or in one, and you were the lucky one. I was. I got to the tour of downtown Toledo. That so. might have been the only putt we made the whole day. It took his drone to do true. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Nothing wrong with getting a little bit of help with that, uh, but uh, congratulations to you, Nolan. And uh, yeah, uh, look forward to that, that second segment, the committed to the 419 segment after. Uh, the break. But let's jump into this week's show. You know, honestly, it seems like all the financial experts that are pulling out their crystal ball and trying to predict the likelihood of a recession. Former Fed Vice Chair Alan Blinder, he tells CNBC he believes that it's not going to happen until next year. A recession is pretty likely, probably not this year, probably fairly likely next year, I would think. I don't mean 89% probability, but you know, maybe 50, 60% probability, but hopefully a mild one. You know, a recession is negative growth. If we have very slow, positive growth, it will feel like a recession. I think if we get a relatively good outcome, it'll be that slow, but positive growth. So he's saying 2023, but there are others who say a recession will hit later this year. Now, I know that at America's Retirement Headquarters, you guys don't have crystal balls, so I'm not asking you for a prediction per se, but I do want to know what kind of protection moves savers should be making right now if they're approaching retirement. Well, I think the first thing that uh, listeners and investors need to know is, you know, what what is the impact of a recession? What really is a recession? And, you know, essentially since World War II, there's been 13 recessions, and that's defined as two consecutive quarters of the gross domestic product mean and decline. So actually when they declare a recession, it's it's actually already happened because we've had two right. negative GDPs. Sure. sure. And so the first quarter of this year, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, – some negatives. And so if we have a secondary uh, negative GDP, we technically be in a recession now. And if you look at it, you know, we've, we've had even a couple here recently. So there's been uh, three in the 21st century. We got 2001, 2008, and 2020. And that's according to National Bureau of Economic Research. And so the question is, is, you know, how do stocks perform when faced with a recession? And actually, the S&P 500, surprisingly, uh, you know, once a recession is declared since 1945 is, has done well. And that's because of the fact that the markets are really forward looking. Mm -hmm. So again, a recession is something that has already happened because of the two declared negative quarters in a row. But again, the markets are really kind of forward looking. And, and if we look at the economy, we look at the markets this time, you know, we've already seen the fact that the markets have priced in a lot right. of the uncertainty, right? The markets have already had a big pullback. 
you know, markets are down quite a bit from their all-time highs, you know, towards the end of this year, and they continue to struggle. You know, so in other words, the worst really for stocks may be over before, uh, you know, the rest of the economy feels the impact of the mm -hmm. recession. And I, I think what they were talking about is, you know, some companies may really feel the impact of the recession. And again, just because how companies feel may be different than how stocks in general perform. It goes back to kind of some of the things that we've been talking about for, for quite some time, which is know what you own. Right. Um, right. I know companies in town. Um, a good friend of mine uh, is one of the owners of uh, Sandman up right. on Airport Highway. Yep. They've got a couple different locations. Uh, this year, they're as busy as they can be. Last year, they're as busy as they can be. You know, they're in the, the categories of companies that are doing really great post-COVID. And I think there are a lot of companies out there that are great opportunities post-COVID uh, that are financially sound in a good position. Uh, although Sandman is not a publicly traded company, when you look at publicly traded companies, mm -hmm. there could be some good opportunities, again, in companies that maybe have been beaten down a little bit just because uh, of the market, you know, hitting some lows. You know, I talked to uh, the owners out there. They're actually friends of mine as well, Nolan. They live in, uh, you got a neighbor, uh, one of the owners is a neighbor. In, and, you know, when you look at Sandman and some of the reasons why they've been so successful during the uh, post-pandemic uh, COVID is, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were shut down from travel. We were shut down from going on vacations and spending some of our money out and about. We had to stay at home. So one of the things that they benefited from was the simple fact that people weren't spending money on travel or buying nice things, but mm -hmm. they were putting that money back into improvements in their landscaping and, uh, you know, doing the projects around the house that, you know, you buy your stone and your gravel and your landscaping items from them. So, you know, like you said, you know, those companies that are flourishing and one of the things that I've always said, and I can remember back when, um, you know, Obamacare was put in place, a lot of us agents got really nervous about that. It's like, oh my gosh, what is that going to do to us? Well, there's always a silver lining in everything. No matter how bad things get, there's always some positives to find out of it. And, uh, you know, the positives in, in, in the Obamacare, it offered opportunities for us to do different types of uh, uh, sales and different type of avenues to, to get health coverage for people. So like you said, you know, as you rebound out of that, um, the past is history. Let's worry about the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't want to drive looking in the rearview mirror. You want to be right. looking forward at, at what things look like. And again, if you look at the data during the last four recessions since 1990, what you've had is the S&P 500 index has declined on average about 8.8%. And according to the data, you know, from CFR research, really in over half of the 13 years with recession since World War II, the S&P 500 has actually posted positive returns. So for those of you that are joining us on YouTube or Facebook Live, you can see that the chart, for those of you that are listening here on WSPD Radio, uh, just stop on over to either Facebook or YouTube, type in America's Retirement Headquarters, you can see these charts and stats. But if we look at it, if we look at the recession like in 1945, um, you know, the, the recession years, the S&P 500 index was actually positive over 30%. Um, in other years, if you look at, like, say, 1957, what we can see is, you know, the recession years that the market was down 14%. But the following year, the year after the S&P, and again, that year, 1957, was up 38%. So, again, if we look at the recession years, yes, there has been uh, historically some poor performance. Uh, the question is, is with the market down roughly 20%, depends on what day of the week you look at it from its all-time highs, you know, has that already been priced into the market? You know, so people worry that they think, well, okay, because the recession's going to be declared, then the market's going to fall. And I'm not saying that when they do declare, if it does happen, a recession, that right. the market won't have a little bit of shock because it'll be like, oh my gosh, what a surprise, right? right? The market might have a little bit of a shock, but the reality is, is look at the things that a lot of this has been priced into the market. Look at the performance of what the markets have done following the years after the recession, and it could turn panic into opportunity. Absolutely. So as an investor, you really want to make sure that you turn panic into opportunity. If you take that a step further and I say, okay, Nolan, what you know has history told us in the past about where do we position our portfolio? 
Consumer and healthcare-related stocks have tended to outperform uh, during recessionary times. Those are to the two positive sectors uh, if you look at past areas. Uh, so again, going back to know what you own, um, companies that I would consider to be those daily essential companies could be a great way to have your portfolio positioned. Uh, areas that maybe haven't done so well, which again, kind of makes sense if we think about a recession, uh, airlines, automotive right. manufacturers, hotels, casino stocks. You know, in a recession, those are easy areas for a consumer to kind of back out of, and those are areas where it logically makes sense. Uh, I have struggled a little bit in the past. You know, you talk about the uh, consumer and the healthcare, and it's kind of, uh, part of the reason is kind of like what you're always saying, you just said it again, is, you know, the daily essentials. Well, if you think about healthcare, why would a healthcare stock not get impacted as severely as some of those other stuff? Well, it's because of all of the things that we have to buy on a day-to-day basis. You know, your drugs, the pharmaceutical companies, they're not going to be impacted nearly as bad as some of the other companies out there, uh, um, you know, investments out there. You know, you look at your drugs, your over-the-counter uh, remedies, you know, um, your medical equipment, your health insurance, hospital supplies, uh, retirement home. All of those things are things we have to buy. I mean, we're not going to, just because there's a recession, you know, things are tough. We don't stop taking our medicines, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you just don't do that. So you're going to be buying those. And that's why those stocks tend to, to weather the storm, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit better than some of the other stocks. And it goes back to like echoing what you always say. It's those daily essentials, know what you own. And those are the things that we use on a day-to-day basis that won't go away. Well, you think about even taking that a step further, diving deeper into the healthcare sector, right? So Mm -hmm. if we go back in COVID, all those non-elective surgeries were really canceled or eliminated, right? right? Yep. So, you know, if uh, my bones are aching, I still need a hip replacement or a bone replacement. Maybe I didn't get it in COVID because again, a lot of those things were pushed back. But, you know, as we get older, our, you know, health continues to deteriorate. Now that the hospitals and doctor's offices are opening back up, you know, you still have all of those non-elective things that didn't get done. So Mm -hmm. even in this environment, it kind of makes sense to be considering, you know, those categories or those sectors when you're looking at how do you position your portfolio in a recession time? So again, there can can be some good opportunities out no there question. right now. Uh, don't panic. Again, if they declare a recession, all they're saying is the the past six months, the past two quarters, we've already had negative GDP. Right. Yep. It's already happened. And again, because the market is so forward looking, uh, someone was telling me the other day, we were talking about it. And when the pandemic began in March of 2020, that is when the market you know, saw its downturn, saw its big downturn. And the cases were still very few and far between at that point. You fast forward to later on in the summer, the market had already rebounded and, and began this pretty pretty phenomenal uh, recovery that we've seen since then. And that's when cases really began. So it is forward looking. And so hopefully, optimistically, we, we'd like to say that by the time that that recession hits, the, the worst will be behind us. But uh, it is all about knowing what you own and being able to turn panic into opportunity. If you need a better snapshot of that, if you need someone to help you with that. America's Retirement Headquarters, they're here for you. Real easy to get in touch with. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Or you can go online, schedule a time, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Don't forget to click on the events tab over there at americasretirementheadquarters.com. A lot of great events coming up around the area. Local colleges are being taught in, uh, to figure out what's going to work best for you and, and to go and reserve your seat. Just click on the events tab, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, speaking of opportunities, how much would you pay to for the opportunity to have lunch with Warren Buffett? There was an anti-poverty charity that recently auctioned off a steak lunch with the legendary investor, and it fetched $19 million. Anti-poverty, indeed. Uh, I guess this shows there's really no free lunch when it comes to Warren Buffett, but <laughs> a lot of us, including myself, actually, which is interesting, have been getting bombarded with direct mail pieces for from all kinds of financial advisors offering free dinners. I think I'm out of the demo, but that's a whole other thing. Are these worth investigating, guys? Well, I'd say the first thing about, you know, the heavy lunch with Warren Buffett, you know, raising $19 million, you know, the good thing about that is they're actually doing good stuff with it. Yeah. You know, so that money's going to charity to help things out. And again, uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, make sure you stay tuned for the second segment as we'll be interviewing Task Force 20, talking about some of the good things that they're doing for our veterans right here in Northwest Ohio and kind of making a difference. But, you know, what I would say is I am somewhat biased. I know, Scott, you probably are too. We teach a lot of classes, and uh, we teach classes over at Lord's University. Uh, we oftentimes will teach classes at uh, Bowling Green State University. We love the uh, Perrysburg campus that they have down there. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, as you mentioned, Chris, we have a couple events that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the retirement today, we're going to talk about prosperity and a period of decline. Uh, so at the end of July, we've got a couple of different events, and then we've got a couple of events coming up in August. So if, if I look at it, you know, what I like about it is in our normal classroom setting, we'll have uh, 30, 40, 50 people that mm-hmm. a- attend an event. Uh, our presentations will usually talk for uh, somewhere between an hour and 15 and an hour and 30 minutes. And we're generally talking on a topic, you know, right. baby boomer basics. Uh, we talk about Medicare 101, uh, Social Security strategies. You know, it's, it's really designed as an educational opportunity. And then if and when people want to come in and sit down and have a conversation, you know, it's really their choice whether they want to come in or not. And uh, it tends to be, I like it as an environment where somebody can come out, be surrounded with a group of 40 other people, Mm -hmm. and then make a decision whether that's something that they want to learn more about and how it applies to their individual situation. Um, you know, oftentimes I think in this business, a lot of our business is built upon referrals too. So, Absolutely. you know, we love referrals from clients. We love those introductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes people don't really want to just come into the office, you know, for that first meeting because they don't know us and they feel like maybe they're going into the lion's den. You know, uh, one of the things you find also, Nolan, is is um, you'll have, you know, with 20, 30, 40 people in the room, someone might ask a question that you're a little hesitant on asking and it prompts you to say oh my gosh that's right that impacts me and you know that's that's part of why we do this radio show too is to to really give you information if we can get one thing to strike a chord with you and and get something that that you can relate to and it's like oh my gosh those guys do what i need uh, you know, the the meetings that we, the educational meetings that I do for Medicare, uh, I love it. I, I interact with the audience and it gives them the opportunity to hear it and see who they're going to talk to. And a lot of people like to schedule, like you said, they like to schedule that one-on-one meeting afterwards and ask those questions that they may be a little hesitant on asking in a group environment. Um, we don't charge $19 million, um, <laughs> but um, I, I think they're very valuable, and I think a lot of people get a lot out of it, and, and I know that I enjoy doing them. I know you enjoy doing them as well. So, you know, Chris, you asked the question, are they really worth it? Are they something? There are some of them out there to kind of be aware of, but uh, for the most part, I, I think that um, – getting as much information and educating yourself as much as possible is always a good thing. Yeah, it's never a bad idea to uh, do some research on who the presenters are going to be. Yep, right. The good thing with the Internet today, that information, you can get that information pretty quickly. Um, You know, if you just type the name of the individual, the name of their company, um, things like Google, you can look at their Google reviews is a good way to look at it. Um, For people that are licensed in what's called the securities industry, there's something called FINRA, which is the regulatory body. Uh, FINRA has uh, a system called Broker Check. So if you Google FINRA, that's F-I-N-R-A, Broker Check, what you can do is you can type in the name of the individual who's the presenter Mm -hmm. and see if they're registered with FINRA. Uh, If they are registered with FINRA, it'll tell you how long they've been in business, what their background is, what type of licensing that they have. Um, There's other advisors that are affiliated with what's called the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. Uh, So with the SEC, you can also get a copy of their ADV, uh, be able to give some of the background information. So again, you know, if you're curious on who the presenter is, don't take you know, don't hesitate to go out and do some research a little bit. Um, I think just like any industry, I think in Toledo, Northwest Ohio, there's a lot of great quality financial right. advisor firms that are out there. I'm obviously biased like you are as mm-hmm. an owner of this company that, you know, we specialize and help people that are close to or in retirement time. Uh, that's kind of what our wheelhouse is. But there are other good quality companies uh, out there, maybe for folks that are looking to get started in financial planning or, you know, debt elimination type strategies. But do your home take a look at what's out there right Uh, it's easier i think in a group setting though it's not a bad way to get educated and find out what your choices are and in most cases there's um well not in most cases i know in our cases there's there's never an obligation to buy anything Mm -hmm. you're there you don't have to sign on a dotted line that's never been an issue that i've ever had i just don't do that i feel confident that all of the information that we're going to give and and that you're going to receive is going to prompt you to want to hear more. Um, And I know that that's how it's worked out well for us. 
So to find out more information about the upcoming events that America's Retirement Headquarters has, again, just go to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com, click on the events tab. A lot of great events coming up uh, through July and, and August um, at educational at campuses, college campuses, things like that. Find a topic that's uh, appealing to you or that you want to know more about and go ahead and reserve your seat. Just click on through there on the website. Uh, and again, as Scott said, you don't need $19 million to sit down and speak with them. Although I have to venture, if you have $19 million, they'll, they'll certainly they'll have a conversation with you if you want to. But again, we'll help you out with that. Yeah, and I, I'm sure <laughs> I have no doubt about that. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Uh, 419-794-3030 or as I said a second ago, americasretirementheadquarters.com. You know, we've heard for years that you're going to need 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement income to maintain your standard of living later in life. But some readers have told the Wall Street Journal that you should, well, scrap that advice. They warn your spending in retirement is likely going to equal or exceed what you're spending while working. So 100% plus. Guys, if that is the case, how do you work that into a retirement plan? Well, I guess in my 28 years of experience and, you know, being that it's America's Retirement Headquarters, we're focused on helping people go from their working years to retirement years, you know, go from success to significance. Uh, I would say that that statement is actually pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I have yet to have a client that has come in and said, you know, Nolan, uh, we're just going to sit on the porch and watch life go by. (laughs) Right. So the retirees today uh, if they're not going to work nine to five, what they want to do is they want to travel. They want to go see their grandkids. They want to get that pontoon boat and cruise up and down the Maumee River. Right. You know, they're going to go through the period of time where they're young and healthy. I mean, my mother-in-law uh, and her husband is a perfect example. Uh, when they retired, uh, what they did is they bought an RV and for two years, they just traveled around sure. the U.S. Now, back then, gas was a little bit cheaper. Right, right, right. The RVs parked now. Nowadays, but yeah. back then, you know, traveling around the U.S., I'm, sh- I'm mm-hmm. sure that added some extra expenses, you know, even though they still eat at military bases because uh, he also served in Iraq and was in the Army and, and the Marine Corps. Um, and staying at military bases was a way to, you know, keep the cost down. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that added expenses. So it's very common, I would say, when I see somebody retire uh, in their 60s and 70s that they're doing more, they're traveling more, they're spending more. Um, it's at least in my experience, then when they get in their, you know, mid to late seventies, you know, sometimes things slow down, right. uh, kids oftentimes maybe go to their house for Christmas sure. and come sure. visit them. Mm-hmm. And then if it's, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, major healthcare related expenses, things can kind of level off. Right. It's only oftentimes when you see major healthcare related expenses that you see it go back up. Yeah. So that is one of the flaws sometimes with financial planning. I mean, there's no perfect financial plan. It's trying to help you get a target. But, you know, one of the traditional financial plans is it looks at you retiring, and sometimes they use what's called this 4% rule. So if I had a million dollars, the plan looks at taking $40,000 a year out of the plan. Well, the flaw with that 4% rule is it may not take into consideration that inflation is going to be real. Mm -hmm. On the flip end of the scale, you could go the complete opposite. Some of the plans, they look at adding inflation each and every year. And, you know, technically when somebody is 75 or 80, they may not be spending the same money that they were spending right when they retired at 65. Uh, So another way to look at it is planning and stages. You know, there are retirement stages of different times that you and go I, through. You know, you know, you're, you said that really well, Nolan, because a lot of times I, what I have seen, uh, especially dealing with clients that have, uh, you know, health care issues, is the, the older, the 75 to 85-year-old, yeah, they're not out traveling. Health may not permit that. So they're kind of spending maybe the same amount of money they were spending when they turned 65, they retire and that 4% rule. But when you look at 75, 80 years old, your health issues are going to prevent you from doing it. And you may be spending money in different areas. You know, your out-of-pocket expenses for healthcare, uh, prescription drugs, the -the over-the-counter wellness things that you're going to be getting. So, you know, I see how that could definitely shift where the money's going I don't know how much is going to really cut back. You're going to cut back on travel, but you may be spending every bit of that in in uh, healthcare. Yeah. So you know, one of the ways that we can help out with this is if you're not sure what your retirement looks like, if you're not sure what the income plan looks like, 
Um, we can give you access to some of our financial planning software that we have through Right Capital, and we can look at it and run these different environments. Sure. And so what it'll do is it'll show what the probability of success. We can look at different retirement stages. We can look at what if there is healthcare-related costs that right. go up. Long-term help, care is one of them in there. Yeah, help give you confidence. And I think you know that's what the investor needs today, as not so much to know whether they need more or less or 70 to 80%. They need confidence in their individual situation that right. they're on track, uh, not just the general rule of thumb. And I think taking time right now, if you have a little bit of nervousness, uncertainty about where the economy is, you know, for those of you that are close to or just moved into retirement time, uh, utilize some of the services that are out there uh, to get that confidence and know if there needs to be some fine-tuning adjustments made to the plan or if you can just say, hey, everything's good to go. I'm just going to go back to enjoying my summer. Sure. That's really what it's all about is being able to enjoy your retirement and, and hopefully alleviate some of that worry. There is so much out there that is beyond our control. You know, the inflation rate, what the market is doing, can't control that from day to day. And and being feeling powerless, you know, people sometimes try to do things to uh, seize control, to, to, to make a, a change. And sometimes it's just a drastic change. Think back to 2020 and, and when things, you know, uh, shut down for the first time, how many people went out there and gave themselves uh, pandemic haircuts and, and, and the pictures of those and how that worked out. Uh, it didn't work out really well. And so you may want to make changes because you say, oh, the market is is, is all over the place. I need to sell this or I need to that. Not necessarily going to be the best move. Speak, speak with someone. Speak with the professionals like the team at America's Retirement Headquarters and have them uh, show you what moves, if anything, need to be made as part of your, your, your plan. Don't make anything drastic to make those rash uh, emotional decisions because more often than not that can be uh, a decision in the wrong direction real easy to get in touch with 419-794-3030 is the phone number once again 419-794-3030 or go online america's retirement headquarters.com america's retirement headquarters of course a veteran-owned business and, and guys as a veteran-owned business i know you do a lot to serve those that have served us and today's segment of committed to the 419 you actually have a special guest who does the same thing jason graven from task force 20 joining you so Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, good to have you here, Jason. I appreciate you coming on, on board. Uh, and I think, you know, for those of you who have listened to the show for quite some time, um, you know, maybe know a little bit of my background. And, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit of, of your background too, Jason. But for those of you, maybe if it's a first time listening in, uh, America's Retirement Headquarters, we are a veteran-owned business, and we love supporting our veterans. We love supporting those people who served. Uh, so being that it's 4th of July, I couldn't think of a better guest than mm -hmm. having Tash. Force 20 come on and talk about some of the great things that they're doing. Uh, I grew up in, in Bryan, Ohio, so about an hour west of here. Um, my wife and I live in Waterville, so it's almost like growing up in Bryan. And uh, a buddy of mine, Pete Padrone, and I, so uh, two days after high school, I tell people Pete and I jumped on a bus and we went down to Paris Island because it sounded like a nice summer tropical vacation after high school. So it was good times. I served in the Marine Wing Support Group. I was in the reserves stationed predominantly up here at Suffrage Air National Guard Base, just a little bit north of us. And, and, and I think about it, you know, if you think about what I learned as an 18-year-old, I would say I was a typical 18-year-old. I thought uh, people owed me something. And actually, by going in the military, it really taught me that uh, I owe others, and it's really about service to others. And it really taught me, I think, a lot of the principles that we have in our practice today as far as staying disciplined. You know, when it comes to investing, it's easy uh, to be emotional. And as you know, and emotions and battle can get you in big trouble and get other people hurt. And those same emotions when it comes to investing can you know, cause trouble for you too. Uh, so Jason, again, it's good to have you here. I thought maybe we'd start with a little bit, just tell us your background. Okay, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I grew up in the you know, Monclova area, so not too far from Waterville. Graduated high school uh, from Anthony Wayne in 98. It's been a couple of years being a pretty typical uh, young adult. You know, like you said, at 18, you, you think you know everything. Then 9-11 happened, and I, I don't claim that 9-11 was kind of like the, uh, you know, driving force to my enlistment, but it was kind of a situation where it was a wake-up call. Like, I realized that there was more out there in life than just selling sandwiches, Two weeks later, I was in an Army recruiter's office and, you know, signing paperwork and fully expected to go to Afghanistan and ended up in Iraq instead. So part of the initial invasion into Iraq, 
and did that for a year and it wasn't nearly as much fun as the recruiter told me it would be then <laughs> uh was out of the military about nine months after getting back from iraq and then i went to university of toledo got both my bachelor's degree and my master's degree from ut and after that i went to work for the state headquarters of the american legion uh, down in columbus where yeah, I did that for a few years and wanted to have more of a direct effect or a direct impact, I should say, on my generation of veteran and, you know, started Task Force 20. So you talk about, you know, 9-11 is maybe one of the motivations of going in. So I was in from 94 to 98. I was in between kind of the two golf wars there. And um, it was a, a month before 9-11, my brother joined the Air Force. So my brother, he's uh, two years older than I, and he went to college at the Ohio State University. That's where he got <laughs> his uh, dentist license. <laughs> my brother became a dentist like Dad did. Uh, it was a month before 9-11 that he got stationed at the Pentagon. He wow. was working as a dentist in the Joint Chief of Staff Department, and obviously we all know what happened with 9-11. So he, the Pentagon got struck that day. My brother, the hero that I consider him to be, ran back in, actually was treating people with some of his medical background that he had, put people in his personal vehicle and helped transport him and get him to the hospital, got a Commandant's Medal for that. You know, my brother, I, he had a lot of trauma, I think, from what happened there, you know. Oh. I'm sure like anybody who's, who's gone to war and seen battles and seen bad things happen, it, it's something that, that's challenging. And, and you know, if, if we look at it, there's so many great men and women that have served our country, that have gone through things, that the reality, if we flash forward to today, um, it's, still, it's still a lot of bad stuff's happening, not only in battles, but... The fact is, bad things are happening in the fact that 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. Um, my wife and I, we were recently invited uh, last month out to Washington, D.C., and I got an opportunity with uh, 40 other people to meet with Mike Pence. Okay. So while we were in Washington, um, you know, we took time to go to all the different monuments that are out there, and we stopped by the Vietnam Veteran Wall, which is super impressive. And, you know, as we were walking through, there was a photo book that was laying down there with a hat on it. And, and so I had bent down and I take a look at it and it was actually left in memory. And it said this individual, although he's not on the wall, served in Vietnam and committed suicide after this event. You know, so, right. you know, we still see that happening today. And, and that's why I've tried to make it, you know, one of my passions with what I care about to try to go out and save people. And if we flash forward uh, years later, uh, unfortunately, I, I lost my brother to suicide. He committed suicide, you know, after after 9-11. And, I, you know, I think if we can do something to help people out, there's so many great things that we can do. Uh, you know, which was why I think Task Force 20 is such an important organization. So what do you guys do? Like, you know, what is the mission? You know, and how are you helping our veterans? You know, kind of expound on to, you know, the founding of the organization, if I can. So, you know, I was kind of the stereotypical grumpy vet, you know, very uh, recluse, stayed to myself, isolated. Uh, and then when I got the job at the American Legion, I moved to Columbus. I didn't know anybody and I wasn't outgoing. And it was my first office type job. So I would go and I would sit in front of a computer all day. And then I would go home and I would sit in front of the TV all day. And you know, that became, well, I'll just have a drink with dinner. And then it became two and three drinks with dinner. And I'm not, a, I'm not a big guy. I'm only like five foot four. And I got up to about 220 pounds. I wasn't healthy and, and it wasn't muscle that much I can promise you. And I just forced myself to go up to the gym. I looked in the mirror one day and I said, this is not the life that I want to live. You know, I walked up there, didn't give myself a chance to talk myself out of it. I signed up that day and within six months, my confidence went up because I started to see the changes in myself. I made friends in the gym and it completely changed everything. And, you know, this is when the 22 per day was a hot topic. And it was everywhere. So I began looking in and doing some research and there were already studies being done about how the physical fitness, it has a direct correlation to mental health. Um, so I kind of looked at it and said, with my background in nonprofits, my education, if I'm not going to do it, who is? And, you know, I've got a really great support team with the executive board. And but we've been there and we 
everybody on the executive team has used physical fitness in some way for help during their their own transitions. And what year was that that you ended up starting Task Force 20? 2016. 2016. We've been around about five and a half years. We'll turn six in November. And do you have any stats? Like how many people then do you think have gone through and been impacted by the program? Uh, in the, the five years, we've helped about 130, 135 yeah. uh, veterans. That's amazing. That time. Yeah, so uh, we fund physical fitness uh, programs uh, for veterans. And, you know, our most common requested benefit would be like gym memberships. Our goal is to get veterans off the couch and re-engaged into society. And I think uh, you probably went through a similar transition stage where you feel like you're by yourself and you feel like you're alone. And that isolation can lead to trying to suppress some of your thoughts through drugs and alcohol. So our goal is to get veterans off the couch, re-engaged into society around a healthy and active lifestyle you know, you, you find those like-minded people. So a couple of percentages that I like to use are statistics, if you will. Back in World War II, 14% of all adult males served during World War II. It then dropped to about 7% in Vietnam. Well, in today's society, less than half of 1% of the population has served in either Iraq or Afghanistan. So it, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. There's less of us out there, uh, and less opportunities to meet each other. And, you know, with our, our mantra as an organization is train, compete, survive together. So everything that we do is all about bringing the veteran community together, whether it be, you know, veterans and veterans or, you know, organizations, organizations, you know, we want to help veterans find each other because, you know, as we continue, I, I think a recent statistic said that 70% of teenagers right now are not physically able to pass physical fitness standards to even join the military. So in the near future, it's just going to get worse. Uh, there's going to be less people that are going to actually serve. So you're going to see more of that isolation. So if we can create opportunities for veterans to meet each other, you know, that that's what we're about. A band of brothers. You definitely learn that band of sisters of getting together, you know, whether it's breaking bread or working out at the gym, just doing stuff together and being able to kind of, you know, fit back in. I, I think, you know, something else that I see in a lot of the organizations is you go and, you know, every single day you're basically told what to do. Yep. You know, here's when to get up. Here's when to work out. Here's when to go to the bathroom. Here's when to go to bed. And then, you know, once you get done with active duty, you know, you get brought back here, and if you're back in the States, it's like, thanks for serving, good luck. And you, you kind of lose a little bit of your blueprint, your sense of purpose, because you don't have somebody giving you direction all the time. Uh, and I can see where it would make you feel more isolated, you know, if you don't have that sense of purpose of what to do. You know, working with the veterans that you do, what are the type of things that you do to try to help steer them in the right direction? So we have recently started, you know, group training sessions. So we have several facilities uh, that we work with. So Ordinary Pioneer in White House, Ohio, we have a yoga session that is dedicated to veterans. It's 100% free for the veterans to participate. Task Force 20 takes care of the, the funding of that. So they can come out and see if yoga is going to be their jam. Pillar Fitness in Rossford, we have a monthly CrossFit style workout. And the best thing about these is you don't have to be members of their facilities. You can go and meet some of the other veterans in the area that are also passionate or engaged in those fitness realms. I also think, you know, you talked a little bit about the American Legion. I think American Legion is also doing some really good things and, you know, hopefully trying to reinvent the wheel to get, you know, more younger people like us in our age group to, you know, be more actively involved in what the American Legion is doing. Again, another great way to bring people together. But it is kind of surprising when you think about the statistics that you're sharing about, you know, what percentage of people served in the world wars versus what percentage are serving today. And it's, you know, it's quite a bit lower. Um, yeah, I uh had a conversation this past weekend uh, with a Vietnam era veteran, and we were talking about you know how much things have kind of shifted. So like during Vietnam, only thirty percent of those who served in Vietnam were actually drafted. The vast majority self en enlisted, but when they came home, society you know didn't welcome them back. 
now with our generation, everybody who serves is a hero and we're all celebrated, but we can't get anybody to actually enlist. So it, it's kind of a weird dichotomy or weird change uh, just in the last 50 years. Yeah. Uh, I have my two boys, and so my oldest is at Bowling Green State University. And, um, you know, for both of my boys, if they wanted to serve in the military, I I think you know, it would be great. I'd be honored if they served. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. My kids were little. I finally uh, had an opportunity where we got to go down to Paris Island and go tour Paris Island. And, of course, you know, we had to go up to the famous yellow footprints. And, you know, I took my kids there, and we were walking around, and there was a group of uh, recruits and this drill instructor was just <laughs> laying into these recruits and we, we get back in the car to go to the next place on Paris Island and my kids eyeballs are you know just bulging out and they're like dad we're not joining the military <laughs> and then you, you flash forward to today uh, you know here locally we have the 180th Air Wing you know fantastic organization and you know so what a lot of people don't realize is people who serve you know in like the 180th Air National Guard if you do do that, uh, they'll pay for your full college four years for six years of reserve service. Now, in addition to that, my oldest son, uh, he was in the Boy Scouts of America, so he's an Eagle Scout, so he gets automatic rank up for that. Uh, he did the College Credit Plus course. He's also a graduate from Anthony Wayne, so he gets a rank up for that. So he could go in and, as a young guy, get college paid for and also get some pretty good income for serving in the reserves. Uh, in his situation, he's kind of still exploring that. He might go into officer. He still has the opportunity to go in. And the other thing that we see is, you know, with, with different generations, at least it's been my experience, I think our younger generation, you know, if you think Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, we're more open. And I think society has become more open about mental health awareness. I'm not saying by any means it's perfect, which is why we got to keep doing what we're doing to tell people there's resources and we're here to help. But if you go back uh, in your example of the Vietnam era, um, you know, a lot of those people, they were forced, unfortunately, to bottle up that stuff and, you know, yep. keep that inside of themselves. And, you know, that's just obviously not good, which leads to all of those other problems as far as, you know, sitting on the couch, uh, drug or alcohol abuse or, you know, even yep. down to homelessness. And those are things that can be changed. So if somebody is listening to the show or somebody sees this and they learn about Task Force 20, how do they get involved or how do they qualify for these type of benefits? Yeah, so we they go to our website, tf20.org, and we have a, you know, a page that is apply for benefits. And they go on, they put in their information, and they can actually, there's a checkbox for what kind of benefits they wish to receive. They name their facility that they want to go to. That's an important aspect behind what we do. There are similar organizations out there, but those organizations tend to work more with the facilities. And we do have contracted partnership with some facilities, but when we enter those contracts, those facilities know that we don't specifically push those facilities on veterans because each individual is going to have a different set of needs. So we allow the veteran to choose the facility that they go into. So we've had veterans who are single mothers. They need a, you know, a gym with daycare, right? We, we, one of our bigger success stories, if you will, was a Navy veteran who was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. And the VA awarded her 12 aqua therapy sessions in a year, right? We were able to partner this veteran with a YMCA with a pool so they could take and, and learn the lessons through the VA that they were supposed to be learning and then utilize them every single day if they wanted. Um, so we allow the veteran to choose the facility that they want to go to that best fits their needs. Yeah, I was uh, recently, our gym closed down. We were at uh, the gym there in Fallen Timbers, which we recently closed. And uh, we had stopped up front to uh, revitalize, which I yep. here in Arrowhead Park. And I saw the Task Force 20 on the wall. I know they, along with the YMCA, uh, Pillar Fitness, uh, Ordinary Pioneer is the yoga. Uh, there's a lot of different things. So again, you know, for people that are interested to find out about applying for benefits, it's tf20.org and you can see right on the top there apply for benefits of course you can learn more about uh, different things that are going on um, i know also at the same time there's a lot of people that are listening that just love veterans love what you know organizations like yours are doing that are out there maybe let's talk a little bit about uh some of the events and different events that are going on what are the type of events that you guys have i think um 
you know, looking at the website, I know that you just recently wrapped up a, a 5K. Yep. Uh, so uh, in recognition, if you will, of PTSD Awareness Day, which is June 27th every single year, the Sunday uh, closest to that day, we have our annual 5K and Gavin A. Smith Veteran Resource Fair. The resource fair is intended to bring in other veteran-centric nonprofits in Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan, and it's 100% free to visit, by the way. They don't have to register for the run to visit the resource fair, but it's intended to be like a one-stop shop. So veterans can come in, learn what all these other organizations are doing, because our organization isn't naive enough you know, to think that you know, our everybody wants to lift heavy things and put it back down. But we consider it doing a disservice to the veteran if they were to reach out to us just to try and find something, um, you know, see if we know what is available out there. And if we're not working with the other nonprofits or other organizations and companies, we can't refer them to what might work best for them. So we designed the resource fair to be that one-stop shop where they can come in and they can talk to us. They can talk to other veteran-centric nonprofits in the region. And you know, if we're not what's best for them, maybe one of the others are. And our mission is just to help vets, whether it's with us or with one of our partners. I agree. There's a lot of great organizations. I mean, I do a lot with uh, Hooves. And uh, we also were at a gun raffle over in Liberty Center in the fall for another organization that take veterans out hunting and do great things for them, too. So, again, lots of great resources that are available to help people out. And it is good to see that in 2022, and here more recently, uh, there's been more services to help people out, you know, how to partner up and team up with people that have similar experiences to what they had, and also to kind of help shape them in the right direction and kind of help focus on where they go. I also know that you have another event that's coming up, which is your second annual uh, Veterans Award Banquet. It's coming up, I think, September 8th. Tell us a little bit about that upcoming event. Yeah, so it's kind of weird how that like kind of came together. Uh, we were looking for another type of event to where we could, you know, bring our partners together and everything. And in our research, we had learned that other muni municipalities like Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, I think Columbus, they have veteran award recognition type things. But we didn't couldn't find anything here in Toledo, so we kind of said, well, why don't we do it? And so the awards banquet, we, we give out three awards, uh, civilian of the year, veteran of the year, and veteran organization of the year. And it's intended to recognize these other individuals. So similar to what I just said with our resource fair, we want to recognize these other organizations and individuals uh, by giving them a trophy. Plus, uh, the individuals get $500 to use towards their mission. Uh, the organization, we give them $1,000 to use towards their mission. All you have to do is go to our website. Again, there's a nomination page and nominations are open right now. Put these individuals in that are doing these amazing things in the veteran community and let us recognize and help fund what their missions are. Maybe if you would, you know, you have again, veteran of the year, a civilian of the year, and you also have veteran organization of the year. You know, who were some of the people in the past that uh, maybe jumped out at you that you could share a story about? Yeah, so our, our veteran of the year last year was a 180th individual uh, enlistee, and she was going to college full time. She was activated for nine months out of, 12, out of a, a year. She was president of the BGSU Student Veterans of America organization and still found time to graduate in the meantime and with a very high GPA. So we felt that the time, energy, and effort into not only the activations that she was on, but also giving back and to her organization that is designed to help veterans on campus really stood out to us. So we felt that recognition uh, was quite justified. Uh, the civilian of the year, uh, Jamie Tusco, is very involved with the 180th and, and sending care packages while they're on deployment and a number of other things. And last year we chose Little Blessings uh, up in Temperance uh, as the veteran organization of the year based off what they do. They do uh, some equine therapy similar to Hooves, I believe. We just felt like those individuals in that organization really stood out against the others that are nominated. So again, you do have to go on and nominate 
you know, we don't just randomly pick an organization or an individual. It's whether or not people in the community love what they do so much, they're going to go in and want them recognized as well. Sounds like a great event. Again, uh, you can get all the details. All you have to do is go to their website. It's tf20.org. Uh, that's the events and programs. Of course, we talked about earlier on the top tab, you can apply for benefits. Always reach out to our office. I'd be more than happy to share their information to put you in contact with them, too. Um, I know as a company for a lot of years, you know, some of the things that we've done is uh, what's called Adopt a Platoon. Uh, okay. It's been a little bit since we did that. But I think uh, over the years, uh, I think a little over 1,500 pounds of goods have been shipped out for uh, people that are serving active duty overseas. Uh, one of my... Uh, son's best friends who he became an Eagle Scout with is actually uh, now active duty in the United States uh, Marine Corps. So uh, he went out in the Marine Corps and is doing some good uh, stuff. And that's Oorah, right? Oorah. Yeah. Yep. So his parents are going to surprise him with a vehicle this weekend. Oh, so they're awesome. actually driving down to the Carolinas and they're going to take a new vehicle. He doesn't have a vehicle and all those buddies get to go around, but now they're going to surprise him this weekend. So I guess since it's up Aaron this weekend, I can let the cat out of the bag that <laughs> right. he's getting a vehicle. Uh, but it's good to do some stuff. So again, I think, you know, if you've listened to the show, if you love our veterans like we do, uh, whether you're a veteran and want to get involved or whether you're not a veteran, but just love our veterans, do something. Again, this is Northwest Ohio. Uh, volunteer, be involved. I'm sure at those events, there's, you know, volunteer opportunities to help run a booth, run check-in, uh, help, you know, set up, tear down, all different types of things to do. And, you know, if you're a veteran, you're, you're listening to the show, sitting on the couch, this is your wake-up call. Get off the couch. There's something that you can do and get out there. We'd love to help you, you know, write your blueprint into what the future holds for you and uh, be able to do something different. At the end of the day, we all have the same 24 hours a day, and it's a matter of how you choose to spend those hours Absolutely. and you know what you get out of it. And as we all know, life's short. So uh, taking that step to have good, not, not only mental health, but physical health is a good way to continue on uh, moving in the right direction. Absolutely. So again, as we wrap up the show here, I want to give out the websites one more time, tf20.org. That's how you find out more about Task Force 20. America's Retirement Headquarters.com. That's how you get in touch with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. We want to thank you. I said it at the beginning of the show, and, and I want to uh, echo it because I truly do mean it. Thank you for spending part of your day with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Whatever you're getting into this 4th of July weekend, whether it's staying here in town, whether it's traveling, uh, be safe out there. Uh, you know, uh, Take care of one another. And as we wrap up, guys, I'm going to leave you with the final word. I just want to say again, Jason, thanks for coming out. Task Force 20, we appreciate you, appreciate what you do. And uh, final quote for the week, America is another name for opportunity. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.